Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage, so you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Things going great. Uh, looking forward to uh, our the first real pod with a brand new setup, audio setup. Dominic and I are actually sitting here looking at each other in the eye, um, and uh, you know how painful that is when you look at Dominic. How's it going, Kyle? <laughs> I'm not gonna just yeah. let you get away with that. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. You think it's painful to look into my eyes? Imagine what I'm going through looking at yours. <laughs> my four eyes. I'm not gonna let you walk over me like that. Sorry, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm good, you know, not, not lucky enough to be to see our guys actually in action. Um, so why don't we run through those matches? I guess one quick thing before we do, I uh, want to give a shout out to the Arizona Soccer Complex. They have indoor fields. They have one outdoor field located near the 17 and the 101. It's a beautiful facility, and they have leagues for players of all ages. So go up there and let them know that the Rising is One pod sent you and get a discount on your membership. So let's talk about the most recent match. Just a couple hours ago, we took the field in Oro Valley. For any of you non-Arizona people that's close to Tucson, but it's not quite in Tucson, um, it was not a stream-friendly, but a few people went down there to check it out uh, against a solid Red Bull starting 11. We ended up on the short end of the stick, 5-1. Yeah, so our starting uh, 11 for the first half or so uh, included <clears throat> what looks to me like it's going to be uh, a pretty standard starting 11 when we hit the regular season. Carl Wazinski uh, in goal, Colin Fernandez, A.J. Cochran, uh, Duigi Mala and Dubaya making up the back line, Musa and Lambert in more of that defensive midfielder role, with Vega, Calistri and Asante making up your attacking midfielders, and a trialist, Ben Spencer, uh, in his first play for the team and his first uh, first action, Kyle, what kind of uh, what kind of feel do you have when we're talking about that lineup? Yeah, I mean, like you said, that's, that's a pretty solid lineup when you look at it compared to our players that we lost, including some of our additions. The only name that really sticks out to me there is Ben Spencer, and as we talked about, he's a trialist on. With us right now, but he's been around MLS, has MLS experience, so I think that's you know those are the type of trials that I personally want to see. I think we need some experienced players. We already have a lot of youth in this team. Um, from what I heard, he's the one that scored our lone goal today. Is that correct? Absolutely, he's the one who scored our the lone goal, uh, and he does have an Arizona tie, which is nice. Uh, he, although he was from New Mexico, he did come out of the Real Salt Lake Grande Sports Academy down in Casa Grande, and he, where he uh, uh, he practiced his art form here in 2010 and 2011. 
So nice to see somebody with an Arizona connection get a shot with an Arizona team. We should probably talk about the uh, the New York Red Bulls starting 11-2 because it was a very strong one. And another guy with an Arizona tie in that lineup was their starting goalkeeper, Luis Robles. He's out from Fort Huachuca, um, so Arizona born and raised. I believe he started last year's preseason match down in Tucson, our lone preseason win. Um, so good to see that. But it, it was a strong lineup. Bradley Wright Phillips was in the lineup, and he scored a hat trick for them. Um, some other names came on as, as subs that you might know. Kaku started for Red Bulls. Um, he played last year down here. Gets a lot of time with Red Bulls up in MLS. And then uh, just a mix of first and second team guys, but almost all guys that you'd see on their 18-man lineup most weeks. So, you know, that's what we were going up against. And it was unfortunate for us today, but Bradley Wright Phillips was in form. He scored the first two goals of the match for Red Bulls. Um, they added a third. Um, and then Ben Spencer got on the board for us to make it 3-1 at halftime. But then it was more of the same from Red Bulls. Um, they made some subs. We made some subs. And ultimately, the scoring was finished out by Wright Phillips making it 5-1. Yeah, and that's interesting that, uh, that Wright Phillips did play what looks to be a full 90. Uh, you know, you typically in a situation like this, you're they're still pulling on su substitutes. And uh, Dom, before we, we got going, uh, before I started insulting you, um, you were saying that that really makes sense because uh, Red Bulls has a pretty big game coming up. Well, yes, they are in CONCACAF Champions League in a couple weeks, along with Sporting KC, who we'll talk about in a minute. Both those teams are in CONCACAF Champions League, so both teams are playing strong starting 11s against us because we're one of their last real tune-ups before that level of play, which is very important as MLS teams are looking to break through and finally bring that cup home for us. Um, so it makes sense when you look at it that way. This might have been Bradley's last match before the CONCACAF Champions League round of 16. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Even then, you feel like a lot of guys get subbed out around halftime, but clearly they thought it was in his best interest to play the full 90, and that, that kind of shows what we were going up against. And that kind of substitution certainly did happen on our side. Uh, the second half, we had a full, complete second 11, which was, uh, I don't want to say FC Tucson heavy, but definitely had, a, had some names on from FC Tucson. So we played uh, uh, Lubin. On the back line, a player named Ord, who I'm not super familiar with, but we, we're going to talk about that a little bit, Gilbert Ord. Saw Cody Wakasa, uh, Joe Farrell, and uh, Wheeler Omnienu, uh, which, again, we'll probably have to we'll chat about if we get time. Uh, Andrew Wheeler Omnienu. Uh, we saw Summersall again, Aguanaga, Moshi Perez, uh, Johnson, Flemings, and then again, Lamar Nagel in his third appearance as a trialist for Phoenix Rising. Uh, wondering when that asterisk may get removed, so we'll have to see how that goes. Kyle, you've seen a little bit about Lamar Nagel here. Uh, do you have anything to add on, on what he may be bringing to, uh, to the squad as, as a 31-year-old MLS experienced player? Shown up in multiple matches for 
for sure. Dom, what else happened in that uh, in that second half? Anything anything notable for you? Um, I mean, it looks like Lubin made a good save on the on the fourth goal that Red Bulls scored. Unfortunately, it bounced right to their goal scorer. That wasn't where Bradley Wrightfield scored. I mean, this match it was one nil for a while up until late in the first half, but then Red Bulls kind of just piled it on in that middle 30. They put two in right before halftime, and then we bounced back with one. But then, you know, they came out of halftime with two more goals within the first 20 minutes of that second half. And then I have to imagine it's one of those matches where things just petered out after that, um, which happens. I mean, you're going up against a strong side. So I don't think there's too much to be ashamed about, especially when – you're coming off 150 minutes of action, which happened just a few days earlier. So let's turn to that match on Thursday, where we put up a very respectable showing. I'm getting over, getting out to the uh, lineup here. Yeah, I'll I'll just talk about this one briefly. It it ended 3-2 uh, in 150 minutes of action at the Rising Soccer Complex. This was our first home action for the boys in red, and. You know, Kyle, tell us a little bit about what the crowd was like there, because you were able to make it. Aaron and I were both working late, so we had to miss it. Yeah, yeah, I was able to make it. It was, it was kind of what you would expect for a mid-50 crowd. I had to guess, I'd say maybe 2,000 people in attendance. Um, it wasn't, you know, the largest crowd that we could compare, but I, I must say it was a chilly night. Um, many people were bundled up. And you want to talk about strong starting 11s. Here's Sporting Kansas City starting 11 for that match. It was uh, Tim Malia in goal, Graham Zuzzi, who we'll talk about in a sec, got a nice free kick, Andrew Fontas, Matt Beasler, who Solomon Asante put on skates during this match, uh, Rodney Wallace, Billy Sanchez, Kellen Rowe, Felipe Gutierrez, Johnny Russell, Chris, Christian Namath, and Daniel Saloy. I mean, more than half those guys are going to be in the starting 11 on any given week. So the fact that we held our own against them, I think, says a lot about our potential for this season. Yeah, and our starting, our starting 11 was uh, nothing to shake a stick at. I, this, this really, it's going to be so hard to try and figure out who's going to play on, on a day-to-day. -day. In this particular case, we, we played Lubin and Goal uh, on the back line with Bia, Cochran, Farrell, and Dubaya. Uh, looks like uh, Cochran has really solidified his um, uh, his role as a starter on that back line. Uh, Dia didn't did uh, uh, Dia, you know, is somebody who we're expecting to see in Dubai as well. And then uh, in that midfielder role, uh, Aguinaga, Musa, Vega, and then up top, Johnson, Don, and Fleming. Uh, this is yet another really really potent starting eleven. Um, certainly. Something to be concerned about, though, is trying to figure out who actually is going to end up as our starting goalkeeper. Uh, is, that, is it going to be Zach, Zach Lubin, or is it going to be Carl Wazinski? Um, as we're, we're able to see maybe today and then in the, um, in the game against Minnesota United, maybe Lubin's feet aren't as strong as Waz's feet. Uh, what do you say about that, Kyle? I'd have to back that up completely. That was the one thing that I noticed in, in that first half of the Sporting KC match that, um, you know, we know Christian wants to play out of the back. He's more of the goalkeeper that he plays with feet. And there were several occasions where Lupin was doing just that, and he either turned the ball over in a dangerous position, which put his defense in a very bad spot, or he passed really close calls to his feet and just picked off. And as Dominic talked about, with such a strong starting lineup out there, that that's 
Trump talking about the all this needed um, is the ability to pass the ball out of the back. I think that's going to be a huge asset and going to be something that we're really going to build around. And, and yeah, I mean, I really do kind of wonder if he's even going to be the guy. Not to talk bad about him because we all love that great team, a great goalkeeper, but I would have to say out of the two, I think that Carl probably has the foot race one right now. So we'll see, uh, we'll see as we go forward. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you. And uh, it was great to see Zach Lubin out at the uh, U.S. Men's National Team match <coughs> uh, out at University of Phoenix Stadium as well, um, mingling with the fans. He gave up a pair of his gloves, one of his signed jerseys. Uh, definitely a fan favorite. We, li- we love the guy. Uh, but, you know, we're going to have to see who's going to be the best fit for, uh, for hanging out in between the, the posts there. Uh, it's, it's interesting you talk about A.J. Cochran because um, Joe Lowry – who runs the uh, Phoenix Rising Tactics Twitter, which is a great follow. He had a couple tweets about A.J. Cochran, and in particular his ability to drop some gold long balls out of the back. And so that goes to your point saying we want someone who's composed on the ball um, in the back, and you know he's made a strong impression so far. So I, I'm with you. It looks like he is going to be locked in as a starter most weeks. That was a huge get for us. And people, I've heard that he actually played some matches for Atlanta United and was, you know, potentially a starting candidate for some lower-end MLS teams. And so the fact that we got him, like, it was kind of a steal for us. I don't know if you have anything to add on that. Yeah, you know, just really picking up and seeing some of some of what his play was um, on that back line. I, I remember specifically in the uh, Minnesota United uh, match, he had a couple slide tackles where he was pretty much the last player, uh, last player to beat, and really could have been very risky slide tackles that could have been carted uh, just on the edge of the box and whatnot, almost in penalty. But he came out of them really clean and pure uh, in, in winning the ball. So he's... He, Really fantastic uh, guy to watch on the back line. So the second uh, half, the second 60-minute period uh, in, in that match against Sporting Kansas City was Wazinski, Fernandez, again, Ord, Mala, Austin Ledbetter, Somersall, uh, Lambert, Hanlon, another FC Tucson guy, uh, Joey Calistri, Solomon Asante, and then, of course, Lamar Nagel as well. Um, Lamar Nagel and... Solomon Asante hooking up for uh, just a uh, a really uh, one of those things that if, if, if Dom and I are playing small goal soccer, uh, we just fall to our knees and, and are embarrassed if we're, um, uh, what was his name? Oh, Evans, I think. No. Or no, Matt Beasley. Matt Beasley. If we're Matt Beasley, we, we fall down and we, and, and we just have to laugh. Uh, so really awesome to see Solomon coming back, showing up in good form. Asante was not uh, uh, available for selection in the Minnesota United game, so this is our first chance to see him and to see such a, a great feature out on the wide angle. Uh, it looks like we're going to have another great year with Solo. What about you, Kyle? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, the guy that only scores highlight reel goals. I mean, Asante is just, he, like you said, his first match back. And our other goal scorer for the match, uh, toward toward the end of the match, uh, Kansas City did score three. Um, Graham, Graham Zuzzi Graham had a Zuzzi. sweet free kick for that second goal uh, from about 25 yards out. That was clinical. Yeah, I mean, they're just such a quality team, and Graham Zuzzi is a really quality player. Um, who was the, the other players that scored? Uh, Cro- uh, was it Crozet? Um, Crozet? I, I don't know. That might have been their third score. I think Johnny Russell got on the board for them. Yeah. Um, really quality team. I did have a chance to see 
uh, Sporting KC as they played Sporting Arizona um, in a closed uh, in a closed scrimmage right toward the very beginning uh, when um, Kansas City showed up, and uh, that that Crozet Crozet is was I mean they have a really good team, and just like Dom said, they have something to play for, so they're not screwing around here. Didn't Zuzu score a banger in that game too? He did. Uh, uh, yeah, that was in the. I missed that one. All right. Um, it's the only thing I saw from that game is uh, the Twitter, Sporting Casey's Twitter. I believe that they that was scored in the third period against the what what were Las Vegas Lights Twilights. It wasn't against Sporting Arizona. They, oh, okay. they had pulled off the pulled off already. Um, so anyway, yeah, interesting interesting stuff as we're seeing in um, in preseason. So moving back farther back in time, uh, Kyle, did you have anything, uh, any takeaways from the one that everybody was able to watch? Thanks to Minnesota United's uh, streaming, really appreciated that from there, and uh, was really I, I made a note of it. Was really impressed with their announcer as well, who actually gave uh, Rising a little bit of attention and and knew some of the players on the team and was able to give a little bit of even uh, even analysis. Uh, Kyle, what was your takeaway from that match? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, I think it was a great first match for the club going into it. And obviously, this is Leonard Colton. Um, we talked about it in Minnesota United. We probably would see it as our preseason opponents, so we were hopeful to get some goals and, and get a win. That didn't happen, but I still think we can be very positive about it. And, and just to go to what you're saying about the Minnesota uh, announcers, I think that's we've earned the respect of, of a lot of people here in the U.S. soccer community, not just in the second division, but also in MLS. Um, the fact that they did their homework on us, you know, that, I think that's great, and it's something that we should be proud of, because there's a lot of times where we'll come up against a Division two side, or you cannot think anything of them, and read the players by the numbers on the back of their jerseys. So that's, that's awesome to see, and, you know, props to them for streaming it. I personally was out golfing, my buddy's bachelor party at the time, so I kind of but just being able to watch it on my phone was, was very, very Don, what takeaways did you have? Um, just that you're talking about the Minnesota match, right? Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, just that I thought for a first match, it was a very impressive showing. We actually had most of the possession from that match. I would argue that we had, you know, two of the strongest three chances in that match, a potential penalty shout that didn't go our way, um, you know, Lamar Nagel made a very first, good first impression there, um, almost getting on the end of a ball. Um, from Joey Calistri, who also made a great first impression in that match. I just thought on the whole we played a really solid game, and I was impressed with how we built out of the back because that's something that I think a lot of teams will test us on this year. There were a couple nervy moments with Zach Lubin, as we've discussed earlier. Um, but on the whole, I thought the effort was fantastic that match, and if anything, we deserved a win. Yeah, there were, there were three sort of player takeaways for me in that particular match uh, that I, I really made mental note of. First off, it was uh, Jason Johnson really showing up in form in that particular case. Um, I haven't seen much showing up in the Twitter accounts uh, since then, uh, but Johnson really showing that he's ready to uh, uh, kind of embrace that 2017 role that saw him with 11 goals. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about battling with Billy Forbes or any other players uh, sort of on that left side. And I, I think we're going to see some real step-up role for him uh, in, in terms of more assists, uh, more assists and more goals for him. Uh, the second is it was awesome to see Devin Vega. This kid is just has a motor that does not stop. Uh, he plays and plays and plays, and I called him a pest. Uh, he really is just such a pest when it comes to uh, a back line trying to move the ball around or switch sides. He does not stop. He will keep running and running and running uh, and, and force them to make some sort of play and a move. And twice in that match, uh, off of either miscues or you know just by being that playing that pesty role, he found himself in a really fantastic position one which allowed uh, a great play up the side to Jason Johnson. I forget what the, what the second one was, but I just re really remember him playing well. And then finally, it was really good to see Duigi Mala uh, 
playing with a, a bit of confidence on the back line. He has he had really had a rough season last season, so it, it's good to see him try and get back into a, a, a role with this team. He had a, a really good second half, which included a very professional yellow at the 85. Um, commits the yellow, gets back up. Um, I think maybe somebody said something to him. He picks the ball up and risks a, a red on that in preseason, which wasn't wasn't maybe the most mature piece of play. Uh, but he was really good until somebody maybe said something about his mama or something. I, I don't know. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Luigi Mala uh, as he progresses his, in, in his young career. So I, I think that's it for the Minnesota game, unless you guys had anything to add. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe one thing is going off your point about Devin Vega, Aaron. Um, Joe Lowry again um, highlighted Devin Vega's play and his test-like demeanor out there on the pitch um, and he had a gif of that one sequence in particular where he was just pressuring the ball ran back 30 yards to win a ball from minnesota united force a turnover and then sent that ball up the line to jason johnson that's the one sequence you referenced um, so a lot of people noticed that Devin vega was ready to play and that he's been ready to play all preseason so um, i think that's all we got for those three matches yeah, that's pretty much it. So, you know, the real question is, all right, well, what comes up, up next? So um, on your Firebird Soccer calendar, uh, you can definitely uh, check it check us out at firebirdsoccer.net. We have a great calendar that's going to have all of the major events uh, for anything soccer-related in the Valley. If you have an event you'd like to submit, please feel free to email me or find me at fitballphoto on Twitter or fitballphoto at gmail.com, and I'll make sure that your event gets up on our calendar. Coming up on Saturday, February 16th, we have another Sun Cup match, Phoenix Rising versus Real Salt Lake. Following that, on the 20th, which is a Wednesday, Portland Timbers versus Phoenix Rising. And on short rest on Saturday, February 23rd, Phoenix Rising will play divisional rival OKC Energy in the final match of the, of the 2019 Mobile Mini Sun Cup. Uh, I'll also put a, a an asterisk on there. Also on Saturday, February 23rd, FC Arizona will be playing uh, Albion Soccer Club San Diego or AFC San Diego in their first match of the NPSL season. So we have a lot of stuff going on between now and the end of the month. Come see Phoenix Rising. Go check out FC Arizona. Uh, and we'll see you on the pitch. Dom. Tell us a little bit about what to expect for the match on Saturday the 16th, Phoenix Rising against Real Salt Lake. Well, I think this is going to be a big opportunity for us. This is going to be our final dress rehearsal in front of the fans before our home opener on March 16th. Um, so I think you're going to see a really solid starting 11. I'm hoping we get to see the Black Pits National, although they'll probably save those for the regular season. Um, and I would expect a strong lineup from Real Salt Lake as well. Because they're going to be, they're going to be getting closer to their season opener. They'll be about two weeks away at this point. They are not doing Concacaf Champions League, so this is about the time they'd be playing their starting eleven. Um, you know, it's a quality MLS opponent. It's a Saturday night. It's going to be our last home match before the season starts. I would expect a bigger crowd than that first preseason match. Especially if the weather cooperates and it's not raining or really cold or anything, I would hope to see at least four thousand. You know, hopefully something like between five and six thousand for that match. Um, it should be a really fun one. I would, I mean, again, like expect strong sides for both teams. And then on our end, it'll be very interesting to see which players are playing in the second half. I'd imagine to see a couple of those trialists who were probably on the fence about. Lamar Neagle, um, Ben Spencer, who played and scored today, some of those guys. Um, what are your guys' thoughts for that match? You know, ultimately, uh, it's, it's great any time that we have a chance to be able to put our boys against uh, an MLS side. Um, and it's really been interesting that USL squads have really actually been seeing a lot of success against MLS, uh, uh, against MLS competition. Uh, what may be this year's true, true rivalry 
uh, Phoenix against Las Vegas Lights. Eric Winalda, the new Las, Las Vegas Lights coach, uh, really was making a big deal about their what was it five was it five nil or five one five one their five one victory over Toronto FC. Now now TFC was a little depleted and uh, they sort of made some excuses on the back end. But Winalda said, "Hey, look, there is no level one." He, uh, on Jason Davis's show on SiriusXM, he said, "There's no level one and level two soccer. There's no playing at your level. You are professional. So these are professional soccer players." And it doesn't matter what, what they're doing. They're going out there to win a match every single time. Uh, so I was very impressed by Winalda's attitude. Uh, of course, he's very well-versed in, in, uh, in soccer, in U.S. soccer. And he's very well-known, especially because he did run for uh, president of the U.S. Soccer Federation before picking up the Las Vegas Lights job. But he, you know, th th these teams are really showing that. I forget, there was another team... Um, so San Antonio beat it, FC Antonio. Dallas yesterday 3-1. And, you know, I heard that it wasn't a strong FC Dallas side. It was like a B side that turned into a C side by the end. But still, 3-1 is 3-1. That's an impressive victory. Um, does that mean San Antonio is going to improve this year? Maybe. Um, I know Orange County drew Toronto on Friday in a closed-door 1-1 match. And Reno beat San Jose 3-0. That's at the Reno where they beat San Jose. Yeah. Yeah, people... I feel like people are always low on Reno. I'm not making that mistake again because I have before. But uh, going back to your point about Vegas, I'm big on Vegas this year. I really do see the potential there. They have a lot of fans. They have a weird home field advantage. If they can put it all together with Winalda, I could see them having a 2017 Phoenix Rising type season. They only come have strong at the end. They only have five returning players. That's it. And one of them's injured. So really on the field right now that they've been playing, only four guys remain from last year's squad. The rest of the squad is all brand new. They're all Winalda's guys. So that's one of those things about sort of this USL is that every year can be totally and completely different depending on what's going on. Uh, Kyle, what about you? What are your thoughts on this? No, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I, I agree. One asterisk on that game, though, if you look at the highlights from that match, a Toronto FC team that had Lawrence Simon in its starting 11 had some atrocious, I mean, like, really, like, Sunday League is generous to how bad some of these defensive plays were. I mean, these are just, like, dudes passing it in the back four to Las Vegas players to set up goals. This is, like... Defenders slipping and letting a guy to go right past them so that it's a three-on-one for a tap-in goal. I mean, it was shambolic defending by Toronto. I I don't know if they went way too hard in Vegas the night before. Maybe they had some edibles before getting off the pitch, <laughs> but it was, you know, let's good effort by Vegas. I do think they're going to be better. But the 5-1, I mean, it was just bad, bad defense. Look at those highlights if you just want a laugh. Yeah, so let's. I'll just take it back real quick to this RSL game as we've kind of talked just so in general about USL teams playing MLS teams. Uh, Real Salt Lake, I think this is their first U.S.-based preseason match. Uh, they have uh, their first preseason match uh, was it was against uh, Japanese side uh, Iwaki, Iwaki FC. Uh, today they're playing um, Varen Nagasaki out in Honolulu, so that's where they're doing their preseason is, is in Honolulu before they come here. Um, and so we'll be probably going to be their first U.S.-based uh, US team uh, as, as they're coming through. And uh, I, I think we definitely have a chance to, to give them a little bit of a run for their money. 
I think that this Phoenix Rising team sees RSL as a legitimate competitor because uh, maybe just in that the, the strength of the RSL Arizona program, uh, maybe uh, when, whenever we play Real Monarchs, uh, that they come out, that the RSL kids from RSL Academy are out in strength with their, their uniforms on for a non-home team, uh, non-home state-based team. Uh, and hopefully our guys are going to have a little chip on their shoulder because of all of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd love to come out. Anytime we can come out against an MLS team strongly and uh, maybe get a win like we did last year against New York Red Bulls, uh, that, that bodes very, very well for us. Absolutely. And so uh, I think uh, we'll transition over just to talk about FC Tucson just a little bit. And uh, the, uh, the Firebird soccer family, we want to welcome uh, Stephen Hernandez. Uh, Stephen Hernandez is a longtime follower of FC Tucson, and he's volunteered to cover the Tucson beat. So if you check out Firebird soccer, you can check out some roster, check out some great roster previews uh, for FC Tucson as well. Uh, a big signing for FC Tucson was one of their first first ones announced. Their attacking midfielder, Moshi Perez. Uh, Moshi's uh, out of Denver University, actually did play a season with FC Tucson. Um, I, I love him because, hey, anytime any of my Israeli brothers uh, are, are out here for uh, um, playing soccer, uh, I, that's somebody who I like to watch. Um, Moshi subbed on on that game against Minnesota United, and he also played today. Um, he, he made a real immediate impact in there um, and, and definitely was not willing to back down. Uh, at forward, Guillermo Delgado, 24 years old, had some USL championship experience uh, out of the Sounders U23 team and played for the Chicago Fire. Karsten Hanlon also got some, got some playing time in our in, uh, Phoenix Rising uh, matches as well, these preseason matches. He comes. He actually is 25 years old. Recently, was playing for Colorado Switchback, and has some experience with Real Monarchs. So uh, again, a pretty serious player. Then a familiar name, uh, and I think it's probably a good spot for him for this season. Uh, in his third year as a pro, Cody Wakasa gets to stay in Arizona and within the Phoenix Rising system. Uh, outside, uh, uh, outside wing back, uh, just has had some injury issues uh, and whatnot, and but. Some good experience, and then just being able to keep him in the family. Uh, right back, center back, defensive midfielder, uh, Ant, uh, Andrew Wheeler Amayu. Uh, again, 24 years old, right back. Played last season for Atlanta United. So it's really great to see that this League One, this League One league, is really finding a place for players who may have been players like Cody Wakasa, who may have been languishing at the championship level. And here, uh, here now they're going to get a chance to, to have some more starting minutes. Defensive mil midfielder Raheem Somersault, 21 years old, um, played with St. Kitts in the Nevis national team. Uh, solid defender. They have a goalkeeper. They only have one goalkeeper currently signed, which makes me wonder if Phoenix Rising third goalkeeper or academy signee, uh, Brendan, um, what's his last name? Oh, Brendan... Um Gosh, you're putting me right Brent, on yeah, the sorry. Brent, Brendan is, is going to be playing <laughs> down, down there or not, um, but their goalkeeper is named Keenan Weeks. Play, played recently for the University of Portland um, and helped lead the Pilots to 12-3-2 records, so really a solid goalkeeper there. Um, we will probably see another goalkeeper come in uh, as well. Center back Austin Ledbetter also had some good minutes in Phoenix Rising's preseason. 23 years old, has previously played for FC Tucson. Uh, he was a super draft pick by FC Dallas in 2017 and, play, and has played some time with St. Louis. They have a left back, Lyle Bjornitham, also 23 years old, uh, has some experience with the Sounders U23 team. Um, definitely not going to be the last 
Sounders U23 player. Um, that, that was the opinion of uh, Stephen, as, as, uh, which I'm just stealing and calling as my own, but uh, that was his comment for sure. Um, after that, they signed an uh, Israeli 28-year-old Roy Abergill, had uh, three years of experience at Colorado Mesa University, was a former teammate of Moshe Perez, uh, who brought him in. Really solid player, Kyle Venter, 27 years old, four years of USL championship experience with the Roughnecks, Ottawa Fury, and Penn FC. Uh, and center back Gilbert Ord had, had some minutes today for our team. He's actually a defender from a Dutch club, uh, AVV Zibergia. I don't have any idea what that is, uh, but... Brandon Keniston is our goalie. Brandon, Ke Brandon Keniston, all right. And you should, you should mention uh, Elijah Paul, too. Yeah, oh, that's right. Well, he has a Phoenix, he's a sign, uh, academy signing. So two academy signings for Phoenix, uh, uh, Brandon Keniston and, and Elijah Paul. Elijah Paul out of Gilbert, Arizona. Pretty pretty exciting to see a hometown boy. When I told Eli, my 8-year-old, that, that we signed a 16-year-old, who's only a few years, uh, he's 8 years older than him, but Eli thinks 16 years old isn't that old. Um, and that the kid was from Gilbert, his eyes sparkled. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, how this team continues to pick local talent. Um, final signing for FC Tucson, Jose Carlos Torreon, uh, a 27-year-old left back from a Spanish club, Vareda. Uh, so, boy, FC Tucson really showing that they're trying to be a professional club, uh, that League One is trying to be a truly professional league, uh, putting its old PDL, college students on break, history behind them, and picking up actually some international talent on here. Uh, FC Tucson roster, 13 players, a goalkeeper, six defenders, four midfielders, and two forwards. And uh, we're all, I think many of us are hoping for one more signing. Uh, hashtag Waldrop back to Tucson. Um, Although there are some rumblings that it might be Waldrop to RGV. Waldrop to anywhere where he gets minutes, I, I would perfectly understand. But, um, you know, I like to see that, that toe-headed kid, uh, pale, pale, very pale-skinned, toe-headed kid running around in Arizona. Don't diss an Arizona native like that. Hey, he, I love all Arizona natives and, and couldn't be more proud to have a kid from GCU uh, playing on the squad. I think, of course, if, if, if Coach Chance had his brothers, he would be signed. He would be playing in Tucson, but... I don't think that this team is is going to hold anybody back from their dreams. Kyle, any thoughts on FC Tucson and what to expect out of the out, out of our uh, uh, team to the south? I, I mean, I, I'm very excited to see this FC Tucson team action. I think that they're no longer focusing on the collegiate player market. It seems they're going out and getting you know big name players for. Travel schedule isn't very kind to them. You know, they're kind of out there as far as competing with the other teams in League One. But I think that they just really have a strong lineup. And I think any team thinking they're going to come to Tucson and steal points in the summer is insane. So good luck to you guys. Yeah, totally agree. Dom, what are your thoughts? Just give me a final with FC Tucson against Forward Madison. That's what I want to see. <laughs> that would be awesome. In Madison. Put it in Camp Randall. Why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be fantastic. I'd love to see that. Uh, that would be would, would really, really be great. Uh, on to team news. Um, there's, we'll, we'll get that pulled up, but I do want to make a couple mentions. The team is really promoting uh, two packs, two packages. For those of you who haven't yet pulled the trigger, or don't have the financial means to pull the trigger on a full, uh, a full set of season tickets. Totally understand. The team's hooking you up here. Uh, two packages they just released. Uh, family night out. That's going to be two sideline tickets. Uh, two beers. Oh gosh, I just had this just a second ago. Uh, two sideline tickets. Uh, a couple beers. It's going to be fifty dollars. Uh, and so I think that that's a really nice shot. And then the real big family, uh, family four pack. Eighty dollars. It's going to be four end sideline tickets. Uh, so that's going to be in like one, one hundred, uh, one hundred one, and one hundred seven, and one hundred eight, and one sixteen, something like that. Four end sideline tickets. 
four sodas or waters, and four hot dogs or pizza slices, all for $80. Uh, so that ain't too bad for 80 bucks, 20 bucks a person. Definitely affordable for a family of four, and this team is really trying to make sure that they're putting together really great family night events. Um, the $50 deal is also two end sideline tickets and two beers. That's $50. Uh, so that's you know that's a pretty good deal if you're talking about two tickets, maybe about 20, uh, 20 bucks, two five dollar beers. Uh, that's that's definitely a nice hookup and a, and a bit of a discount over the face price. Any yeah, uh, show me another Arizona professional sports team that has a deal with Grace Maybe the Hot Shots that are just worth watching. Yeah, big shout out to the Hot Shots starting their starting tonight. <laughs> it's Sunday. Um, I'm excited. Uh, somebody's going to lend me his NFL, uh, uh, his NFL Network online password, so I can check out the Hot Shots. Um, but they're they're even trying to partner with Phoenix Rising a bit too, as it as was ASU uh, uh, within the past couple days. ASU's men's basketball team invited Joey Cle- uh, uh, Joey Cleesbury and Joey Farrell to be part of its curtain of distraction, and they actually did really really well. Uh, the opposing team, I think, went oh. All yeah, missed all the free throws that Kalisbury and Farrell were involved in. So it's good to see the players around. It's good to support our other local teams, especially the ones uh, who actually care to support us. That That's a big deal. Good call. And um, I think with this point, we can go to final thoughts, as we've had a pretty good episode. Aaron, do you want to start first? Yeah, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the next couple days here uh, and seeing the sort of end of the Mobile Mini Sun Cup, have more and more excitement building and, and anticipation of what the regular season looks to bring. Um, also, looking for that last-minute uh, that last-minute match against maybe uh, La Liga MX side or you know something like that. I don't know. I don't know when we announced our, our match against uh, the what was it the Colombian uh, the Colombian side. Oh oh yeah, I that forgot. was. Um, gosh, I'm totally blanking on that name. Well, when we when we went down to South America and traveled. Quito. Um, yeah, Qu- uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Ecuador. Yeah, the Ecuadorian side. Uh, so. Maybe there'll be a surprise. I haven't heard anything. I have no rumblings. But, uh, you know, always nice to see if we can uh, go match up also against international competition and, and give these guys something else to play for. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting couple weeks. Definitely looking forward to hearing more uh, m- more about what's going to happen for uh, FC Arizona's season as well uh, and if they'll be able to uh, continue winning ways. Kyle, what about you? I mean, yeah. for this match on Saturday. This will be probably our best chance to take down an MLS side. I think anyone that can't make it out to the soccer complex 
should tune into uh, the CW as they are going to actually broadcast this match on Saturday. It'll be the first broadcast before they give us a full regular season slate. So far, I've seen a lot of outreach from them. They've been retweeting a lot of Rising stuff. They've been covering the team, which is fantastic. Um, but anyone that can't make it to the match on Saturday, let us know what the TV product looks like because, I mean, we'll, this is going to be our first chance to see what it looks like on network TV. And if it's a good product, we could potentially see some nice ratings on that season opener come March 9th. I mean, that's the goal is... Yeah, it's a, it's a preseason for them, but it's their only preseason for that production crew. So, I trust Tyler Terrence to give it a good, give it a good go. But uh, it'll be interesting to see that, and interesting to see, you know, a pretty full Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex. And I don't know about you guys, I'm ready to get the season started oh because yeah. Oh yeah. the the crap talking <laughs> on on Reddit, you know, the Twitter stuff, it's already exploding, and especially now that Las Vegas might be decent this year. That brings a whole new level of spice to the season. I'm I'm just so intrigued to get things going. I think the level that we of Western Conference play and play across the USL is going to uh, be improved for this year. Uh, Reno, Vegas, Phoenix, Orange County, we're just going to beat the hell out of each other. Uh, and uh, I, for one, am uh, looking forward to every second of it. Don't sleep on San Antonio either. Oh, San Antonio. Uh, by the way, Billy Forbes had a goal. Billy Forbes with a, with a nice header in that in that uh, uh, that preseason match that they just played. So no love lost on March 9th to get that season open. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Aaron Blau from Firebird Soccer with Dominic Curran and Kyle Mackey, and we are the Rising Is One podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Uprising. 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 like to thank our sponsor Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.